Hey, what's going on guys? It's been a minute, I've been away for a while, and before I get into kind of the meat of the discussion here, I wanted to just briefly touch on why I've been gone for so long. I went in depth on this in my last Anchor entry, they don't really call them episodes there, but in the last thing I put on Anchor, I actually went a little more in depth as to why I've been gone, but the TLDR version is, I was finishing up my degree, which I did, and that took up a lot of my time, and then on top of that, the game wasn't really doing so hot. So. There wasn't much of an impetus to do content here on that. Now, I'm going to try and change that in this year just because I have more time to do it, number one. And then two, I can also do things here that I can't do on my streams, which if you want to see me daily, then the best place to go is my streams. I stream on YouTube, Twitch, Mixer, and Facebook Live under the name Bro Games. So if that's what you want, if you want daily content, I'd go over there. But let's get into today's discussion. So it's no secret that Bungie's been in a bit of a crisis mode ever since people started realizing that D2 isn't what they advertised. Now they recently came out with a list of updates they're going to be making to the game and they've got a detailed roadmap up until about May. Some of these changes like Masterworks have already come out. Other changes like the knockout list and other ideas for the reward system are actually going to be tested out in Crimson Days. Now, the knockout list is the number one thing that I know for sure they're going to be testing out with Crimson Days because we've never seen it before. The knockout list essentially is a list of items in the loot pool for Crimson Days that you cannot get a duplicate of once you've earned it until you've earned every piece of loot on that list. Now, this also applies if you're buying the loot or if you're earning it in-game, but once you've earned everything on the list, you can then get duplicates. So. This is an attempt to kind of uh, alleviate the frustrations of RNG and to assure that you can still get everything in a reasonable amount of time, even with RNG, even with having to go and do these activities to get what you want. Now, this is in direct response to a lot of our concerns as a community that have been voiced over the last few years. So this is them trying to do what we have essentially asked them to do. Now, do I think this is going to be an improvement? Yes, for a majority of the population who is playing this game, they're going to feel more rewarded for their time, and they're going to feel like their time is being respected. And that much I do like. I also like the fact that every single piece of Crimson Day's gear can and will be earned in-game. No longer will they be doing what they did with the Dawning or with Festival of the Cost, where they essentially put everything behind a paywall unless you wanted to go for like a few thousand hours, which nobody has in that amount of time, to get everything. Now, the other half of Crimson Days involves the gameplay itself. We're going to be getting a new 2v2 game mode that works sort of like Clash from what I understand, and you're going to get a special buff by standing next to your teammate, which helps you recharge your super a lot faster. And of course, this meta already supports team shooting, so they're going to further reward this behavior. The potential problem that I see is the fact that fire teams are going to have so much of an advantage. What I mean is the fact that fire teams of people that you know, you're already probably talking to them over the mics, usually. Or you've played together a lot and you know how the other person plays. So you're going to be able to go where both of you know to go. You're going to be able to play with them very well and you're going to be able to not have this kind of struggle in the very beginning when you spawn in of who gets to lead and who gets to follow because you'll already have talked about it. So as always, they're going to have an advantage, but in this case, the advantage is going to be so much more pronounced 
because not only are they going to have the advantage of organization and coordination, but once they start getting a few kills, they're going to have momentum. They're going to have more of their super energy, not only because of kills, but also because they're going to be together and therefore get the buff that increases their super recharge rate, which is going to further give them an advantage in those fights. So they might have two to three supers per person per match, depending on how fast that recharge rate is accelerated. We don't actually know that just yet. However, if it's by more than a little bit, it's going to make a huge difference. So if you're solo queuing, all I can really tell you is to make sure that you are just holding the shit out of the hand of the person you're with. Because if you're not, you're probably gonna pay for it, unless you have a plan. The plan that I can possibly think of right now off the top of my head is going to be if you're a hunter with a Night Stalker, and you're in like a small room, which in this case, we already know that you're playing in Burning Shrine, so that middle hallway is not a bad place to do this. You can go ahead and put one of your snares on a wall near a door or above a wall or above a door, I should say. You can put your tether with Predator. I don't know if they still call it Predator anymore. I don't really play as Hunter very often, but I know they have this perk still where your tether can just stick to a wall as a trap waiting for somebody to walk in front of it. That's a great way to protect yourself in a room like that. Now, you already have a smoke bomb and you have a tether that could possibly both act as alarm systems if you happen to have Keen Scout on somehow. So, the Faux Tracer helmet might not be a bad idea, but there's other good exotics that might be a better plan than that. Now, on top of that, you also have a grenade. So, that's a good way to have some initial DPS while somebody's in a smoke bomb, while somebody's in a tether, to possibly kill them and then go after their friend, or hurry up and get that extra DPS to kill that one person and then go after their friend. But aside from that, I don't really see any way to compete with a fire team, which unfortunately may hinder your experience. I hope it doesn't. I hope that I'm actually wrong about this and that it's actually just a fun experience all around. I would love nothing more than to come back on this podcast next week and say that I was wrong, that it was actually a great experience. But if I'm right, then you'll know I said it here first. They also mentioned Nightfall Strike scoring and high score tracking in this update as well, and that it's going to be shipping out on February 27th's update. This version of Nightfall Strike scoring is going to work differently than it did in D1. This version is going to use your kills and orb generation to generate points as well as a possible time bonus or time penalty depending on how fast you get it done. The cutoffs for time in this case are at 15 minutes you earn half as many points for future point gains. And then at 18 minutes, you stop earning new points altogether. And then at that point, you're just trying to finish as fast as possible. Along with this update, they're also giving us access to Nightfall Challenge cards, which offer us an extra challenge in the form of modifiers in exchange for a score multiplier. So if you want to get a little bit higher score than the average person, this is going to be the way to do it. The modifiers they've shown us so far and mentioned in the TWAB are of course the old school burns that we saw in D1 for Void, Solar, and Arc. They're calling them Singe now instead of Burn, but basically it's exactly the same thing as you would expect. But they've also added a percentage to it too. It currently provides a plus 25% increase to player and enemy damage of the corresponding elements. So now that we actually have a percentage a number to actually work with on these burns. So that is definitely a distinct change in the way that they're handling communication with us, especially in-game. Other ones they've given us so far are Extinguish, Fireteam Wipes, Return the Team to Orbit, so kind of like the D1 Nightfalls back in the days of Vanilla, except this time it's actually an option, not mandatory. As a guy who mostly prefers Nightfalls over Raids, I'm going to be looking forward to this the most. Because for me, I can choose whether or not I want to be sweaty, 
even though technically the Prestige Nightfall in general is meant to be more sweaty, I can choose whether I want to just do the Prestige Nightfall, get the extra rewards, or I can choose to go full on try hard and go for that aura to see if I can match against the global scores out there. Now, I don't know if they're going to actually have a visible leaderboard or a front facing leaderboard, meaning that we can actually see it as players, but they are going to have one internally that they use to test out the scores to see if that standard for the aura was too low or too high. And while they aren't giving us a leaderboard, at least not from what they've said here in the TWAB, they are going to give us an emblem that drops from each nightfall that tracks your high score for that week, in addition to giving you that aura. Personally, I wish they would actually just give us the leaderboard because that might give us an extra incentive to push harder, get a higher score, and really try to stack a little bit higher against people in your region or your platform or just globally. That could be a great reason to go and play a few extra nightfalls instead of just maybe the one or the two or the three to get the aura. Furthermore, this could also be an added incentive for streamers like me or just really good players to help people out because that serves as great practice. That's what I used to do actually when I was first learning how to solo a nightfall back in D1 is I would go and help people out. Even before I streamed, I would try that. That being said, I'm glad to see strike scoring come back. I hope that they also inject the scoring at least into the heroic strikes, but they probably won't from what they've been saying at the very least. However, I did realize when D2 finally hit and strike scoring was gone, how much of a difference it was because each kill in D1 during strike scoring felt amazing. It gave me that teeny little rush of dopamine that made me actually want to go and kill something else just because I wanted the points. So it gave me that extra reward system within the strikes without actually even giving me anything. So if they can manage to replicate that here and make it better, I'm all for it. The next big item in this TWAB was about the raid layer activities. Not the raid itself, let's not get it confused here. The raid layers will actually not have a challenge mode, unlike the Leviathan raid, which does. The reason being is that they couldn't really drop a challenge mode that often. So in its place, they're putting this new curated loadout mode instead of a challenge mode. And it looks pretty good. What they're going to do is essentially each week, you're going to have a required loadout. And it's going to be something like for your kinetic, you have to have a hand cannon. For energy, it has to be a scout rifle. And for power, it has to be a linear fusion. These are all examples. These aren't exactly the things that are going to happen week to week. But it is kind of what we're going to be able to expect. It's also important to note that in these examples they gave us in the TWAB, they specifically would name an exotic, the Risk Runner. Now, this doesn't mean that they're going to name the Risk Runner specifically and only that, but it does show that when it comes to exotics, they might actually name a specific exotic you have to have, which also adds the added incentive to go and grind the rest of the game to get all of these guns. So this could maybe translate into higher player engagement across the entire game. Personally, if these changes increase player engagement across the board in a fun way and a rewarding way, then I'm all for it. The final piece of this update deals with the next batch of maintenance, which is of course going to be the next reset, February 13th. It's going to be from 8 a.m. Pacific to noon Pacific. And until then, if you're watching my stream, by the way, we're going to be in D1 until that maintenance is over. Hopefully maintenance will end sooner rather than later, but it could end later depending on if they hit a snag along the way. But hopefully that won't happen. And with that, we are caught up with everything going on in D2 at the moment. If you guys are new to the station, hit that favorite button. And also, if you have any comments, if you have any questions, or if you just want me to cover a certain something, then feel free to call into the show. And I'll see you guys next time.